Welcome back. This is The Dash. Thank you for tuning in today. This is the last day of March, and it's the last day of Women's History Month, so I'm so glad that I was able to catch up with Nefertari Smalls. We were supposed to meet and have this interview, but didn't think it was going to work out. But I caught her just in time, met her at an empowerment conference, and her husband was there too, Odie Smalls. These are two amazing people, both of the ministry. They have two books out. There's a movie coming out called Escape to Tell. It's been picked up by the state of South Carolina to be toured. It's just been such a blessing since I met them, so I'm excited to share their story. Nefertari's story is one like I've never heard in my life before. She's been through sexual abuse, domestic abuse, all kinds of things, and you can't share a lot of her story here because you have to go and buy the books. So you can catch those notes and links in TreyGamers.com. And you can look at the podcast section for the top takeaways, quotes, and side notes. All of her links will be there to both books, the movie, and the number one independent song that she's had to go along with the soundtrack. So I'm excited for what Nefertari and Mr. Odie Smalls have to say today. They talk about their relationship, they talk about their organization, Healing Hurts, and they talk about their life and what they mean to each other. This is The Dash. Terry on your website and Odie on your website, it says that God has given you a heart for hurting people. Can you explain a little bit more to, to me and the audience what that means for you? Um, of course. It, it means that from the depth of hurt that we've encountered, um, it makes us not just desire to be transparent so that other people can see hmm. the journey of how we got to being whole but also um, helping them recognize that they don't have to go through by themselves. Mm. Um, Odie says it a lot about offering people a leg up and not a handout. Right. You oh. Know, you know, we don't want to be the crutch. We just want to help you be able to realize that you can walk mm-hmm. even with a limp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Sometimes the weight of the world has become so consistent that when God sets you free, you really don't know that you're free until you make, bring forth an effort to move mm. forward. As Jesus asked the man at the pool, pick up your bed and walk. You know, he didn't just tell him to pick up the bed and stay there. Right. Pick up your bed and walk. You gotta wow. move with that load that is on you. And as you find, as you begin to move, it gets lighter and lighter and you go mm. further and further in life. Mm. So what, what about you know, because your organization, you know, and to not skip too many beats, with your 501c3 and your website, Healing Hurts, it's about providing advocacy for the domestic violence and, and sexual abuse. So what is it about your past, and what can you tell me about your past that makes giving back to people that are hurting so valuable? Well, I, I think that whenever <clears throat> we, we come through issues like domestic violence and sexual assault, it's imperative that we do show, not just the people who are, are going through similar situations, but just showing the world mm. that there is hope beyond what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to go from both the preventive side as well as the um, um, response side. And prevention, mm. we wanna facilitate training so that we can you know, curb some of those numbers of people being abused. And then on the flip side of that, we also want to make sure that we're extending hope to those who have gone through it to say that you don't have to die here. 
Mm. So um, you can pick up those broken pieces and still live a quote-unquote normal life, whatever that is. Wow. Now... Your story, you know, is, again, like one that I haven't seen, and that's documented in both of your books, Cries from Within and Identity Chasers. You've also been able to make the movie Escape to Tell, and you've been able to create the, the 501c3 Healing Hurts. Well, honestly, I look at it in a, in a different light, I guess. Mm. So we're actually healing hurts. Okay. Um, the does just silent. Um, so in, in our... And my journey, it's not necessarily that pain was inflicted to um, go through the healing process other than, you know, having to face some of those situations, mm. you know. Um, and one of the books, in my first book, I talk about Alcohol Anonymous. Okay. How they deem it important for you to say, my name is, and I'm an alcoholic. Because once you can identify with mm. where you are, that's when that healing actually begins. Mm. So, journey to wholeness oftentimes you're gonna have to look whatever you're dealing with wow. face to face you wow. know before you can actually get to that place where it doesn't hurt anymore mm. how long in your experiences you know going through domestic abuse and, and sexual violence what how long did it take you to to look in the mirror and identify what did you have to identify in order to to come out of that place and be able to heal others well, I think for a long time, I, I didn't really deal with it. I just kind of mm. kept going. And to me, going made me feel like I was living. Okay. But because there was so many years of abuse in there, Yeah. I, I really didn't know where to begin. Right. Um, it wasn't until I accepted Christ as my personal Savior that I really, really realized how broken I was. Mm. Mm. And it was at that point that I knew that what I was doing, I could no longer do. Right. Um, but I identified myself by my hurt. I wasn't just nepotary. Mm. I was nepotary, the rape victim, you know, nepotary, right. the neglected, you know. And I had to realize that all of those things that I encounter, you know, I'm either going to allow them to break me or I'm going to use those experiences that could break me. And, and make something positive of them, mm. you know, and that's what I chose to do through the books, through the movie, through the 501c3 is showing people that the sum of who you are is not just the positive times, mm. but it's the negatives and the positives. Mm. That's real right there. Uh, Odie, do you have something to add to that as well? Well, I was sitting here listening and uh, knowing the story. What Nep used to help uh, I would say to to get through the the pain that she endured was by writing mm. and by on paper and and expressing that which is on the inside. Wow! Oftentimes our thought what keeps us in prison. Okay. Oftentimes uh, being shut up in our heart keeps us in prison. But once you begin to release those things, mm. that's when you find a way of escape. And I think you know, like I said, just by talking to her term escape to tell right um, it really allowed her to escape from the hurt from the rape from the mistrust the abuse mm. allow her to escape through the pen mm. to tell her story wow and now we're able to tell the story to others and so that they too can escape and they, and they find a, an outlet to release that 
Bible up the scratch, so yeah. And and I love a statement. Actually, you said it earlier, Nefertari, but I think Oda, you brought it back around. You said identified by hurt, and I think that was that's a very powerful statement right there. And and I noticed myself in in my own personal internal struggles. I do much better when I put my thoughts on paper, whether it's it's writing a prayer in the morning or whether it's saying things that I'm grateful for, when I'm able to take the pain that's in my head and in my heart and in my stomach and put it on paper, it's like some way it stays there. And when I let it go and I close that book, it, it just gets to stay right there. How do you feel when you write? Um, I, I think I would have to agree because... To be honest, I think if I share some of the things that I were, were feeling at the time, mm. I don't know if who I'm communicating it to will understand the depth of what I'm experiencing. Wow. So I feel like I get a chance to be even more open and transparent when I put it on paper because nobody's judging my mm. thoughts. Mm. You know, nobody's, uh, I'm not looking for validation in that moment. I'm just looking for a time to release. Okay. And, and I feel like it's almost in a past tense type of thing. I know I write in, in journals. I haven't released any any book, but I used to be so private with my journals and just keep them to myself and didn't want anybody to read them. But now I'm, I'm okay with sharing those journals with other people because I know that those are my thoughts and the emotions yeah. and the things that I experienced in my past. And that's what helped me get to where I am right now. And it's almost like you're, you know, escape to tell. You're documenting the journey of how you got to where you're at now. I think about our conversation from, was that Saturday night at the Empowerment Gala with, with Deirdre McLeod, and we yes. were talking about sowing seeds before she talked, me and you, Odie, and that has been in my head since that day. And even as I interviewed some, of, some more episodes for the podcast, that has been a topic of discussion for the three interviews that I've done before this one. So I think it's by no mistake that that's happened. And can you just talk yeah. to me about sowing the seeds? Because I looked at it, when I hear about reaping what you sow, I always looked at the seeds that I was sowing in myself, the decisions that I made to make myself better. I didn't think about dropping those seeds off on other people. And when I did, I only thought about the people that gave me the result that I wanted in return. Um, but you guys gave me a different perspective on that. As scripture talks about, you reap what you sow. And it behooves us as individuals as we go through life to sow good seeds because reaping time will come. Mm. And I use the analogy, the analogy of sowing one grain of corn in the ground. And from that one grain, you come a stalk. And on each stalk has three to four ears of corn. Mm-hmm. And each four to ear of the corn has three to 500 grains of corn. So you see how it multiplied uh, reaping what you sow. On the flip side of that, you will reap what you sow. If you sow bad seeds, it's gonna come back. Mm. It's gonna come back fast, you know. So yeah, you try to um, sow good seeds and sow into people's lives because you know a day of harvest is gonna come. Mm. I like that, and I, I think it, it it culminated for me when I read. Ezekiel 33, and the the pre-passage kind of talked about how God gave you a job and you're responsible for that job, not the, not the result or the outcome of it. You know, you're a watchman and your job is to blow the trumpet. You know, anybody yes. who doesn't listen, that blood is on their head. But if you don't blow the trumpet, then it's, then it's on yours. So sowing that seed, you know, even on the people that, that fall on deaf ears, if it falls on their ears, that's a, that's a deep 
a deep, profound statement that I that I received from y'all and, and did not expect to see. And that was due to a seed that was sown in me that I didn't know that I was supposed to receive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, and to preface that is because I received a ticket that someone from someone who was not able to attend that event that I was able to see you guys and get the interview in the first place. And so, Odie, I have a question for you as well. Because this is both of your second marriage, correct? Correct. And I saw that a woman seeks to turn the world upside down, is what Proverbs said. How has being with Nefertari Smalls turned your life upside down? <laughs> how much time do we have on this? <laughs> we got as much time as you need. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I, man, I, I never saw this in my life, Trey, uh, back in 2011, 2010, 2009, just going back, 2007, I never seen any of this coming this way. Mm -hmm. After 2012, when we got married, man, life has not been the same. Mm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a hymn song, there's a hymn that we sing in the church life has swift transitions okay and let me tell you this has been a swift transition for the good mm. for the good mm. uh, I'm telling you uh, being part of being part of a movie cast being part of uh, a new business being part of family life being part of marriage council just being part of something that is very holistic to mankind as a whole right those issues that i dealt with prior to meeting them they were real but now the solution to those problems has come wrapped up in this little brown lady right here. <laughs> that's a how do you feel wife after <laughs> after hearing that shoot that's pretty good <laughs> That was good. I think that's some brownie points there. I, I, I often tell him, you know, there was a lot of potential of, of seed we just talked about right. that I carried, but it wasn't until after I met him that there was those bigger things begin to come into fruition. And I think it comes from because those seeds were there and having mm. good covering, you know, the ground was just right. Right. For, for me to give birth to a lot of those things. And so, um, you know, I'm sure every day we're not sitting around, you know, looking googly-eyed, but we can <laughs> both agree that uh, this was a divine connection. For sure. That, yeah. our, that our lives were made better because of one another. No doubt. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's relevant in all that y'all do together, you know, from from your 501c3 to your movie and, and producing it and providing the, the funding for the movie. You guys do everything together. Do you ever get tired of each other? Yes. <laughs> no, the, the real question, how are you able, what kind of bond does it take to be able to have an intimate married relationship and a working business relationship? Well, I think it takes focus. You know, you have to take yourself, your personal self, out of the equation and know that what we're doing is bigger than she or myself mm. you know we're here for a purpose and that, that purpose is to reach the nation and if we allow our own personal whatever mis misunderstanding and grievances begin to generate 
among ourselves, mm-hmm. then we're going to lose focus on the purpose. For me, it is to stay focused to the purpose of what God has called. Okay. I, I think I, I shared with Odie one time before uh, in the past, and I think I can say this on the podcast. There, there's there's a always editing now. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a difference when you're married to somebody and you're just looking for the fringe benefits. Okay. But I think it's a beautiful thing when you're married to somebody and you like the person you're married to. Mm. Um, There's a friendship involved. And that to me is the most important because when life is is happening around us and the weight of ministry is a weight, you know, it feels good just to have somebody just to to laugh with, to, to live with to, you know, share a funny joke, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and those things just makes the journey a little better. Wow, okay. That's good. In your in your journey, creating a movie, now neither one of you have film experience, neither one of you are, are producers or directors. You did write your book, but you turned your book into a screenplay, and it's now been picked up by South Carolina and trying to take it national. Take me through that journey. How in the world do you make a movie? Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Um, it was definitely something that we weren't anticipating having to do. Um, and then when we got the opportunity, I thought that the people that we were connecting with would do it for us. Mm. And they basically just sat down and said, okay, you got to turn this book into a conversation piece. And you've got to be able to fill the gaps. It has to flow. And, you know, and so we prayed. Um, and we understand that where God, where there's vision, God makes provision. Okay. So we prayed, we did research, um, and we just began to write. And um, after writing, we know the next step was getting people to um, actually portray those roles. So we did casting calls, and um, I mean, the actors and actresses just fell into place, mm. um, which was phenomenal. And it took us three years to shoot the movie wow. um, which was many 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 weekends uh, we celebrated anniversaries on the <laughs> set birthdays on the set um, and long long hours and this was while both working full time jobs wow. pastoring churches and five kids and two grandkids Wow. <laughs> well Trey let me tell you one of the things that we use what we knew about well, what we know about, we knew about prayer. Okay. Prayer was the, you said, tell us how do you do about, we wasn't producers, we never made a movie, we don't know the ins and outs of the whole gamma of the film industry is right. One thing we do know, and we did know, is prayer. So before every casting call, before mm. every shoot, we opened it up with a prayer. Okay. And I'm telling you, prayer made the difference. I believe it. I believe it. That's it. That's that's it. I lean on nothing. Don't lean on my own understanding. Don't lean on the books that I read, but pray. Mm. Mm. Prayer is prayer. Prayer is it all? Of that process, you know, through your prayer and through through the whole journey, is it's out now. So, what is something that you learned from your experience that you did not expect to gain along the way? I think if, if I could say there's one thing that I learned is, and, and I, I share this at the uh, Building You conference, if a dream 
seems attainable, if it looks like you can do it, then it's not God. Mm. But it taught me not to be afraid of how big your dream is. Mm. To face it head on. And in those moments when I felt like it wasn't working or it wasn't going the way that I thought that it should, I felt like I was beginning to shoulder a mantle that I was never meant to carry. Wow. So I kept reminding myself, I didn't ask for the movie. So if it fails, it's because God fails. And I know he's not going to fail me. <laughs> so, you know, I kept throwing my my independence or interdependence back on him. Right. To, to perform. So um, that, that would be my take. Okay. And it is a big it's a faithful. Oh God, yes, it's a faithful. Yeah, it's a faithful. It has to be. It has to be. What's What's coming next for you guys as you as you culminate both? Oh, actually, you have. We talked about the mentoring the other day, Odie, me and you. Tell me about the mentoring yeah. aspect of of what you're putting together as well to go along with the rest of your work. Well, the mentoring is part of uh, let's talk. When we talk about, I'm getting men's together um, to talk about issues. Oftentimes, men, we react, but if we become more proactive, we can solve a lot of the problems, and the domestic violence rate will go down also if men were more proactive. Oftentimes, with frustration and aggravation and whatever else has built up, that's when all the other energy is just going already. Right. So, uh, God has given me this, uh, let's talk. It's come from um, Isaiah, the uh, first chapter in the 18th verse. Okay. Come and let us reason together, says the Lord. So though your sins are scarlet, I'll make them. So he just wanted to talk. So that's what we want to do. I want to talk with the men mm -hmm. and find out what's going on with them or let them know it's not as bad as you deem it to be so. Right. And we can discuss it. We can talk about it. Right. Because you also, when I think it's huge too, or what I think is huge, you said you don't want to fix anybody. You're not looking Absolutely. to fix anybody. What are you trying to do? I'm just trying to let, let them come to them, let them come to themselves, mm -hmm. and know that they have the answer with, within them, which is the power of God. Scripture says, "What is man that, that God is so mindful of them that He made them a little lower than the angels of the earth?" So, I'm not trying to fix them, but I want to recognize. Help them to recognize the strength, the power that they possess. Mm. As men, God really has great expectation and high admiration for you as a man. He made you to, and he has crowned you with glory and with honor. So that's that's why I just want you to understand who you are as a man. Mm. And then when you take on that role for whom you are, you walk in the royalty that you are. Okay. You walk with the mindset that you are. You won't look down, won't think down. You'll be able to change things by your tongue. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. Um, Nefertel, you're looking at him like he said too much. What What do you think? Oh, no, that's well, you I, you were passionate about that subject. And I think that's that's so powerful for young folks. Now, I think looking at generationally, young people are, are everything now. And I know young people have always been the future. But in my own generation, I'm on the back end and there's over 70 million millennials in my generation and coming up next the people i'm supervising and the people i'm working with are generation z and there's over 80 million of them and there's only 400 million people in america so that's 140 150 million 
people that are that are coming up, you know, 80 million coming up through those high school ranks for the next 15 years and so on, and really engulfing the world with youth because we're the largest workers in the workforce now, the largest employment. We have the most people. Baby boomers are dying off. Generation X was really small, so they were never really in power for very long. So really, this next generation is coming up fast. How important is it for us to really continue to share the message, whether it be Escape to Tell, Healing Hurts, Let's Talk, The Dash Podcast? How, is, how important is it to get young people going quickly? I think it's very important because um, we're talking about over the next five years or so, you know, those generations following, they're going to be the ones making the decisions for yeah. <laughs> for the remainder of the world. And so um, I was just having a conversation with one of my teenagers today, you know, telling them we have a responsibility as parents to release them into the world as whole mm. young adults. You know, and, and with that being said, we can't necessarily soften the blow of life experiences that, be, that they may encounter. But when you leave here, I want you to have a full toolbox of equipment to know how to apply whatever you need to apply to life, to make sound decisions, to be sober, and and giving them the right tools to make sure that they know exactly what to do when life begins to happen around them. Mm. Mm. And and, and, and Trey, to add to that, they are the voters that will help shape our society. Right. So if you think about that, that in itself, it can be compelling, but yet it is real. So that's why people like Neff and myself, we, we, we must be about our father's business in bringing up that, that, that new generation yeah. to help to shape their thinking in their mind because of the impact that they're going to have on society. Okay. And, and listen, I don't want to get on my political horse but <laughs> look at this election this, this election that just went through of course you got an idea what I'm telling you about certainly what is the certainly if we don't get it right if we don't get it right and and I think it's I think it's there's a the swing is going to happen the pendulum is going to swing fast and there's not going to be much of a choice because the young folks are coming so you know we we have to get it one way or the other whatever we have whatever we instill is what the world and the nation is going to become what are the top 3 tools that you have to share with your children before they get out into the world and for young people in general or for people in general I would say definitely knowing who you are, number one. Um, when you know who you are, you're less influenced about the things that are around you. Knowing whose you are, because mm. that gives you an assignment and a purpose in life um, that you know what to connect to. And then thirdly, making sure that you associate yourself with people who are going in a positive direction. Okay. Who you are, whose you are, and who you're with. That's it. Okay. Hmm. That was hot off the press. <laughs> that was good. That was real. I'm writing that one down as we speak. Hold on. <laughs> I got to pause the episode real quick. <laughs> How did you phrase it? What three tools? Equipping young people for tools. What tools do you have to equip young folks with in the world? Well, having courage. Having courage um, to step out and be themselves. Hmm. Don't try to fit in, you know. Right. Uh, and secondly, was to 
to have a, an identity of yourself. Know who you are. Well, I guess we already covered that. But have your true identity yeah. of yourself. Because um, if you're not sure who you are, then there's no way that you can try to sway someone else. For sure. But if you have if you have courage and true identity and be comfortable in who you are, you know, you God has made you special and unique for your particular person. Most he has certainly. Made you special and unique. But if you try to conform to everyone else, mm. then they can't see who you are, or you won't be able to appreciate the goodness of whom God has made you to be. There you go. That's good right there. Normally, I would end the episode right there and just on some straight, great, profound, conventional wisdom of some parts. But but we've talked around Escape to Tell. We've talked around identity chasers in the books. I want you to tell me everything that we need to know about the books and why we need to go see them and where we can go pick all these things up at. Awesome. So you can visit our webpage at www healinghurts.org to access our 501c3 nonprofit um, to find out about the supportive services that we offer and the advocacy that we do um, in our community and throughout the world for domestic violence and sexual assault. For the film, you can go to www.escapetotell.com and that escape has a D on the end. Um, and that is to find out about the film. We have a viewing that's coming up April 21st um, at the Flower Town Theater at 133 South Main Street in Somerville, South Carolina. And that's gonna be at 7 p.m. The reason why you need to be there is because we have a responsibility to bring healing to the hurting one life at a time. And God has given us various modes to be able to get that done by the books, by the film, and by our organization. We realize that not everybody has dealt with domestic violence. Not everybody has dealt with sexual assault, but everybody has been hurt at some point in their life. And through watching the steps of somebody else endure life, it may save you from maybe falling on your face in your own. You didn't mention the song. Oh, and we also have a, that was a good <laughs> ending. That was like, bam. <laughs> the, um, you can also find uh, our single of Escape to Tell on Google Play, Amazon, CD Baby, on several media outlets. Um, and the song itself uh, has been rocking the hearts of many who listen to it. We've gotten great reviews. We actually have a red carpet event um, that's coming up in July where we actually won the best contemporary song, um, our inspirational song of the year, and um, best independent song featuring a gospel artist. Thank you for listening to The Dash. Thank you, Nefertari and Odie, for coming on. I enjoyed that episode so much, and I hope that you did, too. Take the time to check out her books, check out the music, check out the movie. If you're in South Carolina, see if you can go to one of the showcases. If you're not, wait for it to come out online. Find a way that we can support and keep sharing and spreading this message, man. There's so much love going on in this world. There's so many positive things. If we could just stay focused on that, and help one person help themselves. You know, it's amazing what we can do. You know, the story that they told me with this movie, a woman came up and she was able to buy her first gown. She had never bought a dress before in her life. She was 70 years old, never bought a dress. And she saw this movie and it gave her enough confidence to go out and buy her first dress. 
That's something that can seem like a really small thing to a lot of people, but that held a woman back for 70 years of her life. Healing hurts. And you can be identified by your hurt. You don't have to stay there. Stay tuned for what's coming up. Remember, we've got Shift coming up. There's a new date. April 29th, 2 to 4 at Mezzo Forte Restaurant and Playhouse. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.